On today's show, back in the saddle, let's talk about P.J. Washington Jr. and Daniel Gafford. How do they fit with the Dallas Mavericks? Let's hear what Isaac Harris has to say about it on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. I believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show. We'll make it Locked On Mavs your first listen today. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day. Leave a five-star review, like the video, comment anything below. And let it ride. That's right. You can let it ride today. Oh, joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, contributor, Mavs.com, Studio 41, the deadline dude, the PJ person, the Gafford guy, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? It's good to be back. It's good to talk some trades. Now that I can talk about them. That's right. They're official. <laughs> the Mavs sent us the emails. It's official. It can happen. And here we are. Talking this is my first, my first trade deadline in which, you know, you can't, team employees can't talk about anything until like the press release goes out. So I'm just like, oh, I can't tweet anything. <laughs> can't like anything. Yeah, you couldn't even tweet all yesterday, basically. No, couldn't. Dang. But, uh, what, a, what a place to be. But no, it's fine. You, dude, you've been cranking out the content over the past 24 hours. That's right. If you watched, if you watched both Locked On NBA episodes yesterday and both Locked On Mavs episodes yesterday, you're my best friend. Comment below. I would like to know who you are. <laughs> there may be a fruit basket sent to your house. But but no, I mean I'm, I'm super excited about both the additions. You know, it's like you know you look at, um, you know I, I think anytime you make trades like this, you obviously look at what they gave out, and you know some people want to focus on the draft pick stuff. Some people want to focus on the players and the win now stuff. The moment. You know, you have Luka Doncic. Everybody's talking about the the timeline of his contract and all that stuff is like counting down. You got to win now. But the moment you sign Kyrie Irving, a 31-year-old Kyrie Irving, to a massive contract like you did, then you are committing for the next, at least the next few years. To, you're doing everything you can to win a championship. And like you're going, you're going all in. Like you're you're going for it. So you know, you go into this trade deadline and it was, you know, Nico that was talking after the game last night in New York. And he said, Hey, we had three goals at the deadline. He said, we wanted to get bigger. We wanted Check. to add, add depth in the front check. court. And we wanted to add a scoring punch to the front court. Kind of check. <laughs> and he's like, I feel like we did all three. And so you can look at it and say, all right, are the Mavericks a better team coming out of the trade deadline? Do they have a better chance to make a, a playoff run? here coming up in a few months yes you say yes you say yes to the things that nico and them wanted to accomplish so i i think that's the the lens that you got to look at it right now and yes you can look at the pick swap the pick they gave up for you know for in the pj deal and all that stuff uh later on but i mean on the grand you know scale of things it's like all right I think you got to do a deal like this. And the added part of, uh, added part about it is both these guys are still just 25 years old and they're under contract for a couple more years after this. So you're not getting 30 games of PJ Washington and saying, all right, let's figure out if it's going to work or if we can sign into a contract. So I think it was, it was an awesome day for Dallas in the words of Charles Barkley last night. 
if I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan, I'm really happy today. And I, I, I was. Yeah, you look at what the Mavericks have now. You start you start P.J. Washington probably. You bring, bring Gafford off the bench. Start Gafford at times. He can spot start for sure. And you're like, all right, you added some stuff to this team, and you got better. And we got better in the areas, like Nico said, where the Mavericks needed to get better. Uh, you don't just get better like completely overnight, and all of a sudden you overhaul the roster. There, there was no players that moved yesterday or even the last couple of days that would have made you go, Oh, that's it. The Mavs roster is complete. That wasn't going to happen, right? They were they're starting from such a a place of like asset depletion at the start of the Luka Doncic era, and then the Porzingis trade didn't work, and then a couple things just failed here and there. And so you're just starting from such a place that Nico had to resurrect this. You're gonna have to spend money to make money. And so yeah. I, I think like like you said, the aggregate of what they gave out, you got two like pretty pretty solid like 25 minute a game, 30 minute a game rotation players. Thank you for putting the pick swap on there because there was a graphic last night on TNT where it said Mavericks two first round two picks. First. Yeah, I was no. like, well, uh, well, and so then, and so then, like some of our friends on Twitter and like we're we're posting today, the Mavs don't have any first round picks from 2027 to 2030, and I was like, that that's not true. They have the pick swap in 2028, so they either have their own pick or they'll have OKC's pick, which is interesting. And then 2030, the one that got sent out for Grant Williams is a pick swap too with the Spurs. And so they'll have a first round pick. They just don't own the rights to their pick. Like they, they don't get to decide where it is in the draft, basically. Uh, but overall, like you gotta you gotta spend money. And like this is the thing that we were talking about yesterday when when Slightly and I were doing our Bill and Rosillo impressions on on the show. Like no one would do this about a LeBron team or about a I guess like a, a Curry team or a Kevin Durant team. Like get really particular about, oh, you spent a first round pick. Oh, you you paid a first round pick, such a high price. It's like, no, you have to do that. Like you got to get better at every single turn because you have this level and caliber of a player in Luka. And they went, they went and did it. And like, it's still, there's still risk involved, but there's always yeah. a risk involved when you bring in a player. Even when the Nuggets brought in Aaron Gordon, which is like a slam dunk, amazing. We've been pointing at that move for what, four or five years now and be like, the Mavs need to do that. They need to get that guy. Aaron Gordon was not like a guaranteed awesome fit was going to be perfect with the Nuggets. They had to like make it work and figure it out. They gave up one, one first for him. The PJ Washington deal could look like that in like four or five years. I mean, listen, you could look, you could dissect both of these guys individually and which I did make a company plug real quick. <laughs> Uh, corner three episodes live on YouTube and uh, today in audio. So you can Sorry. go listen to that. I was there. Uh, broke down all that stuff there so on the Mavs YouTube um but when you look at both of those guys you look at Gafford and PJ I mean you could look at wa PJ Washington just like John Hollinger did and it's like cool and like do the whole <laughs> like you know John Hollinger wasn't a big fan of the you know deal he called it the best trade in Hornets history you know in Mitch, Mitch Kupchak's time as a <laughs> as well a, that says more about know. the Hornets I think than it yeah. <laughs> says about this deal but but it's like <laughs> You know, you could look at PJ Washington and do the whole like, all right, you know, he's he's good at all these things, but is he great at anything? You could do the whole like Daniel Gafford and be like, all right, there's some in inconsistency uh, with the motor and stuff early on, all that stuff. I'm like, all right, well, you're also playing for the Wizards and the Hornets. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, we could sit here and go down. I mean, the Hornets right now have 10 wins. You, I mean, if you want to keep is going, that not a lot. That, well, it's 10 wins last year, 27. The year before that, 43. Most wins since you know That's PJ's less. been there, thirty-three. You know, in his second year, twenty-three wins. Twenty-three wins his first his first year. Um, 
He's, he's had two coaches, Borrego, Steve Clifford. We could go down and I mean, do we want to list the point guards that PJ Washington's played with Charlotte? Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, Teo Maladon, Dennis Smith Jr., Ish Smith. He ha does have LaMelo, but That's he's good. only played with the LaMelo 158 games, which is roughly half of his career. That's not a lot. So half of his career, he's played with one of these other point guards, which I like a lot of these other point guards. They're nice players, but I wouldn't say they're like floor general setup type of point guards that you're going to get in Luka, in a Luka Doncic. So now you get a guy that is talented as PJ Washington is. Now he's going to a situation to where they're all, we're all about winning right now. Like we're going for it and you're going, you know, he's he should play in his first, some type of postseason action, you know, this year, he's going to be playing with Luka Doncic. I would say Luka's probably an upgrade over Teo Maladon. So it's like, <laughs> you know, that's the these Mavs employees with their takes, man. <laughs> no, I, I just, I, you know, we got to look at some of the situations too. You know, Gafford's played in the playoffs a little bit with Chicago. Oh, but, five games. He <laughs> but you know, he, he's he's coming from a Washington team that's really struggling this year. So you get these two guys that's coming from uh, struggling teams. I'd say struggling franchises the past you know handful of seasons. And now they're going into a situation to where, hey, it's a it's a different type of you know, system now. And now you're playing with a guy that they've looked up to probably and they've watched so much in, in Kyrie Irving that we've already seen how much Kyrie Irving has an effect leadership-wise on the young guys on the Mavs now. Now these guys get to play with the Kyrie. They get to play with one of the best players in the game in, in Luka Doncic. And they're on a team that's going for it all right now. So it's just... It totally two different situations that these guys are coming from and entering into right now that I think it, it should be exciting for them in their career. Yeah, this should definitely be motivating for them. The thing is, though, it is like a, it is a risk for them and for the Mavericks because they haven't really played. They've played five combined playoff games. And the, the five that, yeah. that Gafford has played were with the Wizards two years ago. But like they just haven't played a lot of, of, of time like that. And a lot of like they also haven't played a lot of like really intense, we have to win this game basketball. And I'm, I'm fascinated to see that. But the good thing about that is you didn't bring them in as the second star. You've got those two yes. guys. These are guys in supporting, the supporting like cast roles. The Mavericks needed better players in those supporting cast roles. And look at it the same way when Lively came in. Lively came in and you're like, all right, there's a 19-year-old rookie. He's never played in the NBA, let alone a playoff game or a, a big game or something like that. And they've, they've brought him in kind of, you know, a little slowly, I guess, and upped his minutes. And then he's just, he's, He's been great in his role because they only ask him to do like a certain amount of things. Yeah. And that, you know, Nico said last night, you know, in New York, he said, when you have really good guards, you get really good shots. And, you know, that's just a testament. When you're going to come to Dallas, you're going to get open shots and you're going to get lobs like Daniel Gafford's going to get. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see these guys come in and, and, and fit into the system. And to your point where you're saying a while ago, they're also coming from these um, struggling situations. And they're going to play the same type of role here. We, mm -hmm. In the past, on Locked on Mavs, we have talked about, can't say players' names, but we have talked about ex, you know, some players that are maybe the number one option on bad teams and them coming to, you know, to Dallas and trying to fit into a different type of role that is a, <laughs> a lesser type of role. And we're like, man, can they do that? Can they go from being alpha or batman um on a different team and then come to you know to come to dallas and be on in a lesser role you're switching up the role right like pj's coming to dallas and gonna play a really similar role daniel gafford's coming to dallas and is gonna play a really similar role except he's just gonna come off the bench so 
you're you're not changing up that much for them anyway. You're just changing up the pieces around them. Yeah, and you're getting you're getting what you needed too with with those guys. Like those those roles they needed those guys. I mean, how long have we complained about center and now they have Lively and Gafford as their one two punch at center? Can be interchangeable. Either one of them can start. Both of them can rebound. Both of them can defend the rim. Both of them can catch lobs. Like they've got what they they've got what they need now for 48 minutes, and you're not changing your play style each each time a center comes in, which is great. And the PJ Washington, it, he feels like the type of player that his game fits in on any team. Like you could just throw him on any team, yeah. literally, and he would fit in. Let's talk about Gafford first for a second. They're they're kind of like. I mean, I, I was joking about it yesterday, and then like Jason Kidd said it last night too. He said he gives us a lot of what Derek, you know, what D Live gives us. They're yeah. kind of Spider-Man memeish in the in the sense of, you know, they're both high flyers. They're both going to get down there and rebound. They're both going to protect the paint. They're gonna, both going to be rim rollers, and it that part is like just awesome to think about. That you know, if Lively's missing a game. Everybody has nose issues in Dallas now, I guess. Stop hitting uh, Mavericks in the face. <laughs> um, and then, you know, to your point of like 48 minutes of these centers, it's like, yeah, like Lively can go out and then you put Gafford in and you still run, you know, a lot of the same stuff. And I mean, Gafford in a pick and roll. It's crazy where he's at now because Arkansas, he runs 39 possessions as a pick and roll man in his second season. It's his last season in Arkansas because I was doing all this like, uh, going back and look at draft profiles and all yeah. this stuff last night, spent way too much time looking at <laughs> Gafford, PJ Washington stuff. But I was going back and look at some of the stuff, honestly, reading some of our friend Jonathan Chark stuff uh, last mm -hmm. night on different guys and stuff. And um, but when you look at Gafford, one of the things I've seen was how weird it was that he didn't run pick and roll as much in Arkansas. And I was like, well, that's weird because he's like the prototypical like pick and roll guy in the NBA. And I look back at yeah, it's like, well, yeah, if you got the point guard, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that's what you said. And so it's like, I thought you said cards at first. And I was like, if it's uh, in the cards with the guards, if it's in the cards with the guards. <laughs> so taking it all the way to Menards. <laughs> they don't even have those in Texas. They have them in Kentucky. They have them in Ohio. I don't even know what that is. Menards. It's like a, Menards? it's just a candy. No, it's like a, uh, it's like a Home Depot type store. So. I thought they would have had them in Kentucky because they have them in Southern Ohio. We have Lowe's and Home Depot. 84 lumber. How many, I don't, I don't know how many hardware stores they have. My Midwest joke didn't land. So Gafford had 39 possessions as a pick and roll man at Arkansas. Second <laughs> season. Been talking about this he, for five minutes. And then this season it's 22% of his offensive possessions. He's scoring 1.4 points possession as a roll man. Mm. Now, now imagine that playing with Luca or Kyrie, which I think he's going to play a lot. Bobby mentioned, you know, said this this morning that he's like, I think he's going to be have a lot of minutes with with Luca, you know, because yeah. just because look at the rotation, you know, minutes and all that stuff. But um, that's you know, you can look at blocks. I mean, just a, a simple average blocks per game. There's only eight players in the league that average over two blocks a game: Wemby, Brooke Lopez, Kessler, Chet, Ad, Nick Claxton. Gafford and Rudy Gobert. He's literally one of the best mm. shot blockers in the game. So, I mean, he's going to come off the bench, protect the paint. He's going to catch some huge lobs. He's kind of like a like a young DeAndre, like kind I mean, like a like a young youngish. <laughs> he's just like a youngish DeAndre. Like, yeah, yeah. it's like No, like I agree, youngish, I agree with you. Youngish DeAndre Jordan in the sense and I, you know, I made this joke this morning on the corner three is like, dude, if you like dunks this is your Mavs team, all right? New, new Lob City. 
I'm it honestly, I'm like, this should be a lot of fun. Like with dunks and high flyers, Derek Jones Jr., obviously, you have Lively and Gafford. Josh Green just like destroyed DiVincenzo. And don't forget, don't forget the best lob catcher on the Mavericks, Kyrie Irving, who caught the greatest lob of the season so far. <laughs> uh, dude, that I, I freaked out when that, when that dunk happened. <laughs> just the audacity and then he cocked it back behind his head too and then through like with all the injuries he's had too and thumb yep. injury and all that like didn't care that's that's Kyrie man he just he, he doesn't care about that stuff he just wants to do cool cool stuff hold on hold he's, on he, he just wants to do cool <laughs> that's what he wants to do yeah I'm kind of disappointed I haven't heard any other drops right now oh you are good ask them I'm just a coach you got any new ones since I've been gone? Oh, I got to use this one last night because I, I, this is an old one, but Daniel Gafford wearing the number 21, taking that number from the legend, the last player to wear 21 for the Dallas Mavericks. People forget Frankie's, about Frank. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie smokes. <laughs> Frankie smokes. <laughs> oh, oh, with that one, though, we got here. Explain yourself. Sorry. Oh, man. It's a great one. That was shout out to <laughs> classic draft out of that. I also no, like how much cool. Gafford like moves. Like he yes. is an energy guy. I mean, both the guys are energy guys and that they're just always moving. They're always, he has great transition numbers. He has great cutting numbers. And that just shows me that you're not just a center. That's going to come down on the floor and just stand in one spot. He's going to move. He has a lot of energy and they need that. They need more guys with energy. Like a normal person today, I woke up and made breakfast. And as I was doing it, I threw on Daniel Gafford highlights just in the background of my life. Just, you know, yes. just, just the one. And like his touch around the rim is really good too. How mm. many times have we seen set Maverick centers in the last couple of years? Probably not lively, but others where they get the ball around the rim and then they try and take it up. Or even like think about Grant Williams. Like, sorry, Grant. <laughs> but even thinking about him, like trying to finish around the rim. Gafford will throw it down. Like all the stuff that people complain about with DeAndre Ayton, where he doesn't finish with force and doesn't, you know, put it down. Gafford will put it down and he'll like catch the ball high, keep it high. Like the stuff they teach you in grade school of like, you know, that kind of stuff where you catch it, keep it up high and put it back. And like, I was watching a game where he had a bunch of putbacks and, uh, you know, shots around the rim against Embiid. He like, he like doesn't care about that. And he can push him out of the way. Cause he's strong enough. And like, man, the Mavs center position Maybe this year, but definitely next year with when Livey's going into year two is like a strength of their team. And that is a weird thing to say. How long have you and I like Whoa. sat here and like tried to find centers and look through centers and we're like talking ourselves into Christian Coloco in the draft and you know, like all this stuff. And here we are with two like good centers. I mean, I was pretty confident in a center addition they made last year uh, for you know <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> Uh, a night, but that didn't work. Well, I don't have that drop anymore. <laughs> I can probably put it back on. Real quick. Um, <laughs> you know, you you brought up Grant a little bit ago. Which one? Shout out to Grant going back home. He was fun, fun personality to have on the. Wait, team. which center was it? Javale McGee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for Grant, <laughs> <laughs> um. It's fun having him in Dallas in the sense of like just a good overall dude. Uh, and yeah, big support of the wings. Uh, just a fun personality. Played chess with Bobby. It was a fun video and just, uh, yeah, just fun dude. But, you know, it's to a, I mean, I don't know how much you want to compare it to JaVale, but like on paper, 
you know, for, it, probably more for Grant than JaVale. Like on paper, it was it was a great fit, you know, and yeah. it's like you look at, you know, bringing him in and this 3 and D guy and sometimes it just doesn't fully, you know, work out in that sense. But it's it's when you look at Grant, because Grant and PJ is naturally going to be compared to each other, they're traded for yeah. each other. They're, you know, same position, basically. Same drafts but, where, where, draft yeah, people same draft. Would, where people were yeah. comparing them in the draft, too. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, with Grant, it's kind of like evolving to, you know, Bobby brought this up this morning. He was like, he was talking about Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie and how having those three and D guys um, was crucial and key for the team. But the next like evolution of that is you got to have some guys that are three and D, but they can dribble too. Yes. And they can put the ball on the floor. And I would say Grant probably falls more into that Reggie and Dorian camp of the three and D guys where Grant's the better shooter than PJ and leaving him open like for you know 40% shooter all that stuff. Why are you laughing? I was laughing because I was remembering when Grant Williams got traded to the Mavericks and you and I started looking up the amount of drives that like Bullock took and it was zero and the amount of drives that Grant took and it was like two and we were all excited about it because they were like, whoa, at least he drives a little bit and like now we're taking it to the next level where Nico has upgraded this spot again to say he can do a little bit more with the ball. Exactly. So now you look at PJ to where you're sacrificing a little bit of the shooting at Grant, which PJ could shoot the ball too. He's just... Let's see what PJ looks like now with more open catch and shoot shots playing with Luca, where he's going to play in like the weak side corner, maybe, and either shoot that three or cut for a lob or something like that, which I didn't even mention PJ Washington while ago when it comes to dunking. But PJ can put it on the floor. PJ can pump fake and get into the paint. PJ can, once he gets near the basket, he's 63% around the rim this year. He's 50, mm. 55% on floaters this mm. year. I mean, this is stuff you, you look at that. I mean, you just want to hook your veins up to something. Watch the 43 point game yeah. in January. Uh, you know, it's like the, I was watching so much stuff, but I, I went back and watched some of that stuff too. And I was like, all right, well you can watch this and convince yourself that he's going to be <laughs> yeah, highlights. You can watch anything and be like, Oh my gosh. Well, the, the classic, the classic highlight guy was Moses Brown. That's everybody talked themselves into Moses Brown. <laughs> remember those days. Um, remember that, remember that was going to be the center. Yeah. I remember Christian Wood days too. So, with PJ, I mean, oh, he's going to, he's going to get those, like those little push shots, those little, you know, jump hooks, the floaters there in yeah. the paint. He's got the touch and those are going to be there all day for him. And I mean, he's just going to feast when it comes to that. So I, I'm excited for that. That's the, it's the, it's the evolution of the wing spot of having guys that are not just three and D he's got to improve the consistency of his outside shot, but he could put the ball on the floor and defensively too. look at some of his, his rim protection stuff mm. and defending around the basket. Now you can have a guy out there, Grant, very physical guy, stocky guy, you know, some, he could switch off on some of the, you know, the fives in the league and hold his ground. No one's going to back down Grant, all that stuff. But verticality wise, Grant was a little limited wingspan with, challenged. Yeah. With the vertical leap and wingspan, yeah, all that, um, PJ doesn't struggle with that. He's going to defend the paint. So now you're going to have a, a couple of different guys out there that could defend their. I mean, you have PJ and Derek Lively, PJ, Daniel Gafford. You have Derek Jones Jr., PJ, and, you know, a, a Lively out there. Now you got multiple guys that can protect the rim, that can play above the rim and have a long wingspan. I mean, both Gafford and PJ have seven, two, seven, three wingspans. Yeah. So uh, you're just, it goes back to what Nico wanted to do, what everybody's been clamoring, you know, for the Mavericks or in the next step of the Mavs is they got to get bigger. When you're rolling small ball lineups out and Luca is the tallest guy on the floor, we got an issue. <laughs> and now that shouldn't 
shouldn't really be the issue uh, anymore. And now you got, you know, bigger size, more versatility out there. Yeah. we. I think the bench of the Mavericks got a lot better as well, because then now you add Gafford to the bench. There could be a buyout. There could be a buyout option that you're not allowed to talk about. So I won't. won't they have one roster crazy. spot. Got a roster. We'll spot see open. where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Friend, friend of mine, Anthony Irwin said, you know, covers the Lakers and used to host locked on Lakers here said that the, his sources, which I'm assuming are lots of, <laughs> lots of Lakers side are saying that he's going, that Dinwiddie is coming to the Mavericks. And so we'll see if that ends up being the case. Uh, we saw Mark Cuban at the Knicks game talking to him. I don't know if it was about crypto or a roster spot or not, but if they had a guard like that, like this bench all of a sudden becomes it's Tim Hardaway and Gafford, Maxi Kleba goes back to the bench. You feel good about that. If you're healthy, Derek Jones jr. Goes to the bench. You know, he has done a really good job. I think starting this season, but his three point shot has really fallen off. Dante Who, Exum. Who's, who's the fifth starter for you? Is it Josh? It's Josh. Yeah. Okay. I think me too, but you could, it, could it, it could still be Derek Jones. It, it could still be Exum. Like Exum could still come back and start. Mm -hmm. and I, I, I bet if I had to bet, like I bet that's where Jason Kidd goes with him. I just want to see Josh, but I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. That was, a, that was a long time ago, but I, well, I just think Josh has played really well in that, that spot recently. No, I agree. He's playing really good basketball. And so, yeah, I mean, any, I mean, right, right now as the roster is currently constructed, you could look at, let's just say Josh is a starter well, you have Exum, Tim Hardaway, Derek Jones Jr., uh, Maxi, and and Gafford as your like yeah, next, next five. Um, then it's you know what Hardy, Omax, Markeith, um, whoever after that. I'm trying to think of who the eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, the one that will never go away, Dwight. <laughs> Sorry, you're wearing his hat. You're wearing his hat with his number on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bobby made a joke this morning. He's like, what kind of face gear are we getting on Saturday? Uh, we're going to have Dwight goggles, Luca, <laughs> Luca, I think a mask, a fitted mask. Li lively, a mask. Um, it feels like there's some, I mean, Maxi got hit again on in New York. Oh my gosh. He was bleeding again. If we have three people with mask, I'll die. <laughs> We need team pictures. Yeah, I was that. gonna say they should just all come out with masks. They should just, like the the Mavericks. You know what they should do? They should invest in fitted masks for everybody, just in case, because yeah. it just seems like a curse has happened. They should give them away to everybody in the arena. <laughs> yeah, just the paper ones that you. <laughs> that would be amazing. If Luke has to wear it for a while into the like into the playoffs, like game one, everyone should get a mask in the arena. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I would love it. Had they, they had they never done that with the Pistons, I feel like they should have done that with Rip Hamilton. I don't know. Maybe. I, I think there's at least the shirts. With the mask on it. Also, I need to tell you, I'm a little uncomfortable with how much you're talking about Bobby. It's like you have a new best friend and it's like you're talking uh, about it's like you're talking about the new the I do new. more shows with Bobby now. <laughs> but you'll never do more I, total with Bobby. You guys will never catch up. You'll never catch up to how many weeks. I'll have to be in a nursing home. You'll never leave <laughs> Studio 41. Bobby, teach me how to play chess. We got to record. We got to hit that. Hold record. on. Hold on, Bobby. Or hold on, Isaac. I got to catch this Pokemon. We'll I will say this. man by then. To, <laughs> when he's to plug 90. something else, I am supposed to launch my own show after the All-Star break. So, okay. Yeah, we'll see. You're definitely going to have to hop on sometime, but. They'll let me we'll, on. I'll give more details post-All-Star break. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I feel. I feel like Hardy and Omax got really pushed down the, the ladder after this trade deadline. 
Did Omax really get pushed down? Because I don't, I don't know how far you can get pushed down. Well, there's you're... just no shot now. Because with all the injuries, I mean, he hasn't even played. I've wanted him to play, but here we are. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Also see what, what happens to the last roster spot. If the last roster spot goes to a guard, um, like is being speculated, <laughs> then, you know, it, there you go. If the last roster spot goes to another wing or something, then he's, yeah, he's really pushed down there. But ultimately, like, if o, like if Omax is playing a lot in crunch time of, like, a big game right now, well, then there's some other issues. So, yeah. Um, it's just going to take a little bit, a little time for him. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's another, you know, another angle of this too. Of you got better, you brought in two twenty-five year olds. You got, you got bigger, all this stuff, and you also kept all your young guys. Like, yeah. you kept a Jaden Hardy, you kept an Omax, uh, you kept a Josh Green. There's so many reports out there about you know teams wanting Josh Green and stuff, and so it's like you kept all all of your young guys, all of your main you know core pieces, even your rotation pieces that you know we both know Seth and Rashawn wasn't playing very much. Grant was playing a lot, so you're like you're swapping out Grant for two guys that like Gafford and PJ are going to play. You're not trading for two guys, and you're like well, I don't know what kind of role they're going to have. Yeah, they're going they're going to play. They're going to play you know 20 22 minutes a night at least. So. Um, we both think that PJ is going to be a starter. So uh, probably not on Saturday, but yeah. in the near future. So yeah, there's just, they, they definitely got better and I, I don't see any uh, other way around that. I'm, tr- I'm thinking about the Gafford maxi bench lineups where like yeah. you throw those guys out there and then, then you can, then I may be able to be to stomach the Tim Hardy lineups, like the, the Tim Hardy Kyrie lineups the other night were just, just sending me. I just, I just couldn't deal with them anymore. But if you got Maxi and Gafford under the rim to defend on defense and also to grab rebounds, like I think that's, I think that's a, a really nice lineup you can throw out there. Yeah, no, I mean, th- that's the other thing, you know, Maxi's, you know, looking healthy right now, playing good basketball. They got to watch his minutes. You got to keep him healthy, you know, for the playoffs, but you still have that ability too to, to where like, yeah, they have, Dwight as the air quote third center now, uh, which I would assume that Dwight doesn't play very much at all, you know, unless there's an injury to Lively or Gafford, because if Lively or Gafford's not on the floor, which I don't, I don't foresee a ton, it's probably going to be Maxi as a stretch five. You know, they started him against New York or in some cases, PJ Washington at the five and it's like super, you know, flexible. If you play in a Clippers or something like that and they're running a, you know, some of these guys at the five. So, they got a lot of versatility, a lot of flexibility moving forward right now. If they do add a, add a guard in the bio, let's say it's a guard, a guard, whoever who a guard, whoever that guard is, is this the deepest team yeah. Luca's ever had? Um, it's got to be, maybe, yeah, so definitely, definitely deepest, like top. I mean. I just I, I caution those conversations because I felt like people were saying that at the beginning of the year too. It's like, man, super deep team. It's like because we hit, and, and it's mainly because we hit gold with two minimum guys in Dante Exum and, and Derek Jones Jr. That makes this team, you know, deeper and stuff. So well, and and the rookie with with Lively. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, but we also just got. I mean, like. Are we going to have a stretch in which all 10 of those players that I just said, not even <laughs> including Hardy and Omex, are healthy and playing? Oh, my so, gosh, I wish. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I ho- hopefully we do. Uh, and then we're then everybody can get back to arguing on who should play over who. And then, you know, <laughs> when the Mavs lose a game, then 
it's why did X player not play? And when they win a game, it doesn't matter. And that, that's been the Clippers' problem the last couple of years. They're too deep, and then all of a sudden, you like coaches and playing the right guys. <laughs> that could happen. What's well, been some of the like? I, I gotta like quiz you about you know the, the fandom and stuff, right? Like, what's some been some of the biggest like arguments right now or debates? I feel I, like I don't get to really engage in these anymore. That, yeah, you, you're up in your your ivory tower over over there on on Stemmons Freeway. Um, I I feel like the debate about whether they should have paid those first or whether they spent too much to get not enough of an improvement. Um, there, there's in, been in some the, in the PJ Gafford deals. Yeah, in both of them. Mm. Uh, but I think some of that was the confusion about the first round picks and however many that they ha- like that they ha- still have. They have two first round picks they could use this summer and they have four second rounders now. Four seconds, we, yeah. really, we, haven't, we didn't even really talk about that. They didn't use any of their second round picks. They have four second round picks yep. to use this summer or around it's the draft. Se- and we saw seconds like make some deals happen, you know, yesterday. So or on Thursday. So like some seconds actually like with this new CBA stuff and you know how things are shifting, it feels like this, you know, second round picks are getting a little bit more like they're not going to be first round picks, whatever, but they're a little bit more valuable now. They're the lube of the trade deadline. <laughs> I just can't wait for day two of the draft to watch the second round. Uh, and the Mavs, the Mavs could be involved in that <laughs> in day two. And they'll have time to have 24 hours between the two so that they can make trades. They doubled the amount of time in between picks in the second round. That's like, love that. really? I love that. I'm, really I'm for this? it. We don't care who gets drafted. I just care about the trades that are going to happen at that, at that time. Um, mm. Yeah, no, this is, this is a, I feel better. I feel better about this team than I did yesterday or than I did on Wednesday. They just got to get healthy. And like, yeah. and like now one, so one of the things that I have seen from fans is like, all right, we've got a pretty deep team now. And like le- with legitimate players, it's on kid and Luca and Kyrie. All right. There's like less excuses now for them. I feel like that's, that's sort of a thing that I, I'm seeing a lot. For sure. I mean, health is the biggest thing. We got to get these guys playing, you know, together more. I mean, Dame and Giannis have played more games and more minutes together um, than in the Kyrie and Luca. And that shouldn't be the case, but it is. And it just shows that they got to, they got to play more games together and for us to, for them to be at the highest level that they can be at. And then, yeah, I mean, Jason Kidd has more, you know, parts to the car now. So, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Wait, I got to. I want to touch the car. And uh, I think he's talking about Luca in that one, but. uh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was so funny. uh, And yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens on Saturday. It's a 2 PM tip against OKC. Obviously OKC's best team in the Western conference right now. I thought they made a solid trade. Oh, I don't think either of them. I don't think either of the guys play in that game. It's too quick. There's a possibility. There's a possibility they could play. I don't think either one starts, but there's a possibility uh, one or both of them could could play. Got to see how. Be cool. Uh, with some stuff on Friday, um, but um, yeah, and then get a couple more games. Then it's the All Star break, and then they've been kind of chill for a bit and gear up for the final stretch. This Mavs team needs it, <laughs> and they have yeah. what is it? Spurs and Wizards are the next two games after the Thunder on Saturday. We got two. Win- winnable games one tough game that's a weird afternoon on saturday and so it's an interesting Rashawn holmes revenge game <laughs> Sean holmes revenge game so i want to you know be able to touch the car <laughs> classic <laughs>
<laughs> the classic. Go listen to Isaac on Studio 41, the Dallas Mavericks YouTube channel. I can't believe I'm promoting the Dallas Mavericks YouTube channel. But here we are on that, and uh, go check him out. He'll have a new show after the All-Star break called uh, yeah. The Ides of Isaac. I don't know what <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'll give details on that later on. And then on Wednesdays, we do a lunchtime stream on 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 Wednesdays and it's more chill, laid back, and Nick normally hops in the chat and starts saying funny stuff and <laughs> all that. That's true. That's true. There you go. Guys, thanks for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Peace out. Boom.